Hey guys, it's Genesis. And it's Shelby. And today we have a special guest with us, Christiana. Hello everyone. We are so excited to get into this topic today. I think it's going to be good for a lot of people. So today we're going to be discussing the topic of mental health for black women. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. <laughs> okay, you want to start us off with the first question? Yeah. Okay. So our first one is... So explain why you were with like with your mental illness, where you were at, and why like you felt like you have need to get into this. Okay. So before, um, I was a very low vibrational person. That's just what I'm gonna put it as. Um, that means like my moods were mostly angry, sad, depressed. Um, I was into like the drug culture and the culture mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah and um my introduction to mental health actually started with business from your cousin Carter mm-hmm. and uh he would tell me how you can't control your money if you can't control your mind yeah and so I knew that I had to get my mental health right and so I started like working on my inner child reading some books watching some videos speaking with people going to therapy mm-hmm. and I knew that in order to get my money right I had to get my mind right and that's how it started that's oh. actually really good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so, what about you? What about your mental health? Where were you? Um, where was I? Not a good place. I was, I don't know if it was more so, I just tried to like fit in. And out here, it's not really like, I'm not going to say it's not the best, but I wasn't in a good spot. I was always flashing out on people for no reason, holding grudges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I won't say that my mental health is 100% better because I think I'm still working on myself and trying to find like, you know, my flow and everything. But I think it's gotten better. I have, you know, I have read some books, talked to people of the more mature age and how to, you know, look at other things better. But, you know, I'm still working Why well, you said of the more mature age? You talked to me. I mean. Okay. You know. <laughs> right. Um, well, with my mental health, for me, when it would get low, it was more because I felt like I had to work extra hard just to reach the bar that, you know, because we went to predominantly white school. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in order to even reach the level that these, you know, white people were reaching, I had to work a hundred times harder. Yeah. And so I was putting all this pressure on myself, but I was slipping under the pressure, but nobody like really knew. Mm. So it wasn't until my mom sat me down and she was like, okay, you're doing too much. Like you should not be crying every night over school. Yeah. It's getting indeed. a bit much. Not so that's when I was like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, reflect and decide, okay, how am I going to fix this? Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. That makes sense. So, where would you say your mental health is now? Like you, My mental good. health is good enough to help other people with their mental health. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a pretty good state. Um, I take time out to pour into myself before I overflow into others. I make sure yeah. that I take care of myself. I do the things that I need to do before helping someone else. Mm. Um, so, things like journaling, meditating, staying good with God, uh, reading, just taking quiet out for myself and doing things that make me happy like spending time with my significant other or uh going to the beach or something like that you know I always take out time for myself yeah and like how long do you think that journey from beginning to end like a timeline take a year or um it's actually been all my life I've been struggling for my mental health because Mm -hmm. my childhood um I wouldn't say it was like traumatic but it wasn't the best yeah um, as the oldest child, I was responsible for taking care of my younger siblings. Oh, I understand that. And, um, and I had to take care of the house as well, like the mm-hmm. cleaning and stuff like that. And so 
having that on top of school with parents that didn't really understand where I was coming from, it yeah. was hard. And I was always in a place where I had to read people's emotions and see like, where are they and how should I respond? And that's where empathy comes from. Like when people, mm-hmm. people say, I'm an empath, yeah. it's because you're hypersensitive to the other people's emotions around you. And so that's where that comes from. Girl, I'm learning a whole bunch of things today. Yeah. I know. So that's not you. It was no, always it was always a journey, and it took a lot of unlearning and relearning to get here. But mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it all. That's amazing. That's I mean, cool. I definitely agree. Except I'm not an older sibling. I'm a younger sibling. Yeah. And so my childhood wasn't the best, mm-hmm. but it was because more so my older siblings weren't really doing what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, we have this last child, and so. If she's perfect, then that's all we need. It's usually the oldest and the last. Yeah. And so that right there was really what affected me. And you had all brothers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it worked. I am the favorite, so. <laughs> and the girl. So, I mean, you have a lot. So, I'm going to go with the next question. Yeah. Okay. What caused you to hit your lowest mental health-wise? Comparison. Mm-hmm. And expectations trying to compare myself to other people and trying to live up to what other people had expected out of me that was very unreasonable. Things like uh, be a straight A student and um, be a church girl and always seem like everything is perfect and don't live your life how you want to live. You know, you have like a certain stereotype you have to fit, Mm -hmm. especially growing up in the church. And so having to live up to those expectations without doing what I wanted to do, like laugh or hang around with my friends or do do teenage things um it was hard like nobody wants to live their life like that Mm-mm. no i see what about you your lowest um i would say after a really bad relationship because mm-hmm. i felt like i didn't really know who i was mm-hmm. i was trying to find myself in these relationships and that wasn't good for me so i about a a year or so ago, that was at my lowest point, when I realized I needed to, you know, figure out who I was in myself, and, you know, you have to love yourself or you're going to love everyone else, so I think I needed to find that out before I tried to move on to something else, mm-hmm. which is why I'm still working. What about you? Well, I think it was, when did the hurricane hit? A year ago. A year or two ago? Two? Our mm-hmm. junior year in high school, and we had came back from the hurricane, so now we're starting school up again. Mm. And so, just mentally from everything we have been through, the disasters and things like that, and then all that built-up anger and pressure I felt from years was just all just coming to the surface. Yeah. And just starting to resurface. So, it was like I wasn't talking to anybody. I didn't want to talk. I would just go to school, come home, cry, do my work, repeat. Yeah. And it was just because I was back where I left off, which was trying to live up to these bars you know, mm-hmm. these pressures to be perfect. Because that's what I want. I want it to be perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you let me doing better. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Were, were there times of depression, numbness? Like, was there times? Well, I guess it's kind of the same question you just asked. I'll ask, how would you give advice to girls who are dealing with, you know, being that low and how would they get out of that? Um, a lot of people want to suppress their emotions because we have this trend going on where it's like, uh, be happy and live your life. <laughs> it's like positivity is a trend right now more than anything. Yeah, with yeah. the quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so a lot of people are trying to suppress how they feel and like if they if they come up and they're angry, 
feel it because they feel like it doesn't fit the trend. Or they, they mm. if they are sad or if they are uh, feeling anxious, they don't want to feel it because it's against the trend. Yeah. And I always give the advice to acknowledge your emotions and process them mm -hmm. because what they are is messages to see what are you dealing with and what are you struggling with. So, for example, if someone makes you angry, that lets you know where your boundaries are because you feel like somebody overstepped your boundaries. So that lets you know how to set a boundary. Yeah. Or, um, let's see, if you're jealous of someone, it lets you know you have a certain sort of envy in you. And so you have to go do that inner work and see why am I envying this person? What do I see in them that I don't see in myself? So acknowledge your emotions as messages. Let them come and see what the messages are. Oh. <laughs> okay. Because you just ate me up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> what, was your, what was your response gonna be? What was your advice gonna be? Oh, I didn't have any. This is this is my forte. I'm here for the I'm here for the advice. Okay, this is gosh. a free class at this point. Cause no, <laughs> no, no that's good. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Acknowledge your emotions. Yeah, I do have struggles with that. I, I mean, I'd be posting that. positive quotes too. Not me too. But sometimes I'm like, <gasps> this cute quote. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That left mom happy. Yeah. yeah. Gotta make people think. No, yeah. guys, we don't do that. <laughs> but, yeah. I definitely I definitely agree. It wasn't... I didn't start acknowledging my emotions until I started therapy. Mm. That was mm. definitely the best decision I ever made. I was like, okay, something, something's got to change. So, yeah. for me, it was therapy. But I know some people struggle to step foot into therapy. To therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think... I definitely think it's worth it. Yeah, or at least someone. Be able to talk to someone. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't cutting it. Oh, no. No. Mm -mm. I'm working on that. Okay, so how do you, since you got to the place you want to be, or you're still working to the place you want to be on your mental health, how do you keep that up? Like, how do you, what are some things that you do to, you know, keep um, yourself? You set some sort of daily routine. Like, I'm not saying be a robot, but have some practices and rituals that you can do to get yourself back right. So like if I see I'm overwhelmed, I'm gonna meditate. Mm. I'm going to, okay, take a time to myself and say, what am I doing, who is it, uh, who's causing it, what's causing it, and take a break with myself and see, okay, what's going on? Or like, um, I go outside often, like mm. I go sit in the sun and just read, I read books, or um, what else, I do yoga, um, mm. journal, self-reflect, like, literally write the question down and answer the question because you have to have conversations with yourself if you're not comfortable with um, speaking out loud to yourself. Um, I have affirmations everywhere in my house, on my mirrors, papers, on my wall, on, on the back of my door. I make sure I subconsciously speak to myself like, okay, I am beautiful, I am worthy, I am confident, I radiate good energy. Like I always read that and I, ha I make sure I'm intentional on making sure that it's everywhere I look. Mm -hmm. I have an affirmation. So, yeah, just um, making some exercises and assignments for yourself to prioritize your mental health. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah, what do you do? Again, my answer is not going to sound as good. No, you don't have to. You know that's not it the was, point. I started journaling because I was like, okay, I have all these emotions and I can't really... Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't really have anyone I can talk to mm -hmm. about what I'm really feeling, so I just write it all down. Mm -hmm. And then I'll sit there and literally just tell God everything that I kind of wrote down 
Other than that, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I work out because it keeps me sane. Because mm-hmm. it's always kept me sane. So that's something that I continue to do because it does help me. But other than that, it's pretty much it. I mean, working out is good for you. Yeah. It sends endorphins to your brain. That gives you clarity. That's probably why I'd be happy when I just be yeah. running. We love it. That's true, yeah. Well, not track fast. At 5.15 a.m., we go to the gym. Oh, wow. I feel like that when you go and work out early, though, like, it sets a better pace because yeah. I have a better day. I, I feel like at 6. Yeah. yeah, it's like, not it's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> when you wake, you're like, okay, I made it at 5.15. Mm-hmm. I accomplished something today. Yeah, yeah and it helps yeah. you become disciplined. Like, even this morning with this podcast, we still got up and went walk. See, I was rolling out the bed. I, yeah. <laughs> I had to wake up at 7 just to, you know, slick my hair back. But I was like, oh, maybe I'll work out later today. Yeah, it keeps you decent. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I know for me, my upkeep definitely comes from my therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. But since I'm going off to college and things like that, they were like, well, why don't you try to, you know, not do therapy as much? So I've actually been on a break for like three months. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing pretty good because, so what I do is, like in the morning, I turn off all my music, and when I like drive to work or wherever I'm driving in the morning, mm-hmm. I have a full on conversation with God. I'm like, so this is what happened yesterday, and this is what this person did to me, and I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like a FaceTime call. Yeah. Except sometimes I like, you know, curse if like somebody cuts me off while I'm driving. Like, I'm <laughs> that. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's. That's good. So, so how, we were talking about like fitting into the mold and stuff. So, how would you say how to deal with that? Like, if you're people are always trying to hit hit that aesthetic, you know what I'm saying? So, how would you deal with you know trying to find your own? What do you mean, like, like fitting into the mold? Like when we were saying, um, let me see, word this differently. I, I guess with like, like social this. media and stuff. You see people and they look so happy. Mm-hmm. And we know deep down that that's not always the case. That's not mm-hmm. always real. But, you know, like you said, we feel the need to also put on that front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mentally, how do we stop ourselves from being like, well, they look happy. Maybe I should be feeling that way. What's wrong with mm-hmm. My advice would be delete social media for as mm-hmm. long as you need. Like, literally take a break from social media because you're trying to compare your um, behind the scenes to somebody else's highlight reel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So delete social media, cut out all of those outside sources besides the like in-person ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And manage that to the best you can. I definitely feel like social media is a huge contributor oh, yeah. to making people yeah. feel, you I think know, we talk like, about that. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about it with, you know, bodies and make people feel bad about their bodies, but I think it's also the same with mental health. Mm-hmm. Because nobody really wants to show that side of, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Or then if they do... You they're know. like weak or that's yeah weird. they're like weak and stuff because i mean we've been there when we've seen people cry on social media and we were mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. instead of like oh we should check on them and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i think i think that's why people hide it so much yeah so so as black women how do y'all feel like being black women has contributed to your mental health well for starters, just going to the school we went to, I don't think that helped. Not saying that our school was like, you know, bad, but no, definitely. It there was times where you're just like, why, like, why do I get treated differently? And it's like you make it, you feel less important, and like in situations. But that's pretty much, you know, there's outside issues, but school was mostly my main issue for me. I think definitely school, just because. I would do so much, and I, and you know, 
I'll put in all this work and I would reach the bars, I reached the levels, but it would still be so disregarded. Mm. Or I always hated when I felt like people would try to play me and you know how smart I am <laughs> because I'm a black woman. And I knew it was because of that. Or if they would be like, Oh, why are you getting so aggressive? But I wasn't being aggressive. I was stating yeah. that you were wrong and you don't like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why did you even jump to that? So it, it was all these stereotypes that were placed on me for being black that I constantly had to beat. And it's like, I'm a woman and I'm black. Like, what's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was definitely a struggle. It's, it's a struggle every day. Mm-hmm. Especially when then you have to think, okay, you know, relationship-wise, some guys are like, well, I don't even like black women. So then that's like, what is that? So it's it just, I yeah. think it's hard all around. And I think it's always just going to be something that contributes. Not to say being a black woman isn't a good thing because that I wouldn't give up for the world. Yeah, Mine would be, um, majority of the black household is not to hear your children out. Like some parents yeah. that are from, uh, how can I put it? <laughs> okay, growing up in a black household, you're taught to do what you're told and say nothing about it you know what i'm saying in in mine mine. yeah no yeah and so um not having that room to express myself or to even speak up about how i felt or how this made me feel or what i want and what i don't want and my boundaries and what you will do and what you can't do to me as a child and as a young adult it was bad for me because i'd never learned how to speak up for myself later yeah. And so whenever I did feel that I needed to speak up for myself, it came out through violence and it came out through cursing people out mm-hmm. and it came out through um, negative ways because I didn't know how to like communicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing about being a black woman, you were taught we have to be strong, be strong, be strong. Be yeah. Strong. Like we can't never like, yeah, be vulnerable. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Express how we, it's, it's all about expressing how we feel. Right. Like. We can't ever say, I need help, or I'm tired, I'm tired. or mm-hmm. I can't do this right now, or I don't have mental space to hear you right now. Like, deal with we're, we're expected to be everyone's therapist, we're expected to be everyone's caregiver, we're expected to be everyone's doctor, everyone's, like we play a lot of roles mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. and so that's why I emphasize to take care of your mental health, especially to black women, because we have that on us. I feel like we definitely carry the weight of the world around back, mm-hmm. but then it goes unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that doesn't help. We don't, we never get the recognition that we deserve. And I definitely agree with what you're saying about black households because, you know, if you do tell a black parent, well, I don't like the way you handled this situation, mm-hmm. sometimes their response can be, well, my parents did that and I came out just fine. Or like, you, you the child, I'm the adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like we should push our kids to vocalize and explore you know, that curiosity when they question their parents sometimes. That's okay. They want to know yeah. why you did what you did. And I, I think they that's like, okay as a parent to explain why. Yeah, they automatically just put it in the category of disrespect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of, like, right. just wanting to know why I'm in trouble for something mm-hmm. that, you know, that's this small. Because growing up, I was always told I have to be strong because when I'm the oldest and then I'm a girl. And, I, I mean, my dad was expecting a boy. So he was, like, just really strong on me. So our relationship wasn't that good younger, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know what happened, but he finally, I guess he understood that if something doesn't change and our relationship isn't going to be there right. anymore. 
and then I have two younger siblings, and I, I wish that my relationship was how theirs is with my dad, but I'm just happy that he figured out, you know, mm-hmm. what needed to be changed because, you know, if nothing changed, then something was going to have to give. And I, I don't really tell a lot of people that, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy that it, you know, worked out and changed and that we're in a better place now, but, you know, that's my best friend, but it was a struggle. Yeah, you know? definitely. I can relate to that. Yeah. Definitely. Well, my parents were actually, they weren't bad with <laughs> they were actually They were actually pretty good about it. And I think that's because they chose not to really ignore the generational curses and trauma. Mm-hmm. So with my mom's side, there was a lot of depression. And, you know, some people don't believe it, but it does. It, you can inherit depression. You can inherit those type of things. So with my mom's side, they saw a lot of that. And they were like, okay, well, we don't want our kids to secretly go through depression. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So they would try to pick up on those little things. And so they started to pick up on it for me and my brothers. And that's when they were like, okay, let's let's try therapy. Let's, let's mm-hmm. try these things to make sure you guys are okay. And I know now discipline-wise, my father was always really good at disciplining. He never whipped me. He always explained to me what I did wrong mm-hmm. and things like that. And never yelled at me because I'm, I'm just the type of person, if you yell at me, I completely go unresponsive. It's like, yeah. I, now I have no respect for you because I don't know what made you think you could talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. But now I I have no respect. I have nothing to say. And so that way he knew how to parent me. Now my mother, sometimes she would yell at me and I would be like, I mean, I don't understand why you're yelling because there's just no reason to raise your voice at me. I'll, if you tell me what I did wrong, I'll understand. And so that just took her time to learn because, you know, when she was growing up, she got fussed at so... Mm-hmm. She yeah, brings that over here, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't do fussing, I don't do yelling, and so, eventually, my dad just had to show her she's more responsive to you when you just explain to her. Yeah, yeah, mental health is like non-existent in my household with my dad's side. Like, if you ask my grandpa, hey, grandpa, what's mental health? He would not have an answer for you because, like, the way you grew up, it was, it was very like intense like mm-hmm. and angry and he came up with uh dr martin luther king like his dad got shot in the protest with him and so he's seen a lot of that mm-hmm. segregation and stuff like that and so that's why anger kind of comes out and it all stems from slavery and stuff like that yeah it definitely does. Does. yeah you said that in every episode oh y'all have <laughs> yes because yeah. I, no, i'm a firm believer of that yeah. especially with the 1916 project it's, yeah. it shows it's all the research is there yeah so a lot of that trauma comes from there so i've learned to be patient with them because I know they have to unlearn certain things too but I'm also very firm on my boundaries yeah and I'm sure that's really difficult especially because you know sometimes when you tell your family you know I'm going through this type of thing they just disregard it Mm -hmm. so I'm sure that's really hard it is hard yeah like me and my dad we just got back uh cool I don't want to say cool but (laughs) Yeah. yeah we weren't talking for like four or five months Really? Yeah, because I stood up for myself, and he didn't like it. He considered it disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And, like, we had a, a dinner together. Still didn't go good. Oh, wow. So yeah. now now we're we're on the right path, but it took some work, and it took him to put some pride to the side and acknowledge me, and it took me to be patient with him. Yeah. So it's, it's a two-way street. Yeah, the pride. That's pride, the, I was just going to say that's that. the pride biggest is thing. huge. And I, I even have issues with it, too, because I think – it's just the way I was brought up, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to work on that. That's something I do struggle with. 
So I think I used to struggle with moving on if I don't receive an apology. Mm, yeah. Because I just felt like, you know, okay, you did this to me and now you expect me to get over it and you didn't even apologize. But I genuinely think, you know, some people just can't apologize. But mm-hmm. regardless, that shouldn't stop me from moving forward. Yeah. So it wasn't so far my pride getting in the way, more so I just couldn't move on without somebody saying them to feel sorry for yeah. what they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, what inspired y'all to start this podcast? I love seeing That's like so young adults enter the entrepreneurship world. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask y'all what inspired So um yeah. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and I was like, Oh my goodness, like we could do this. So I texted her and I was just like, We should do a podcast. But it was actually it was a joke because I was just like that was I don't a joke. think she'd do it. Because I didn't think he would do it. But oh, like, I, never knew, I never knew that she really wanted to do it. Yeah. So then I started looking into it more, and I was like, no, this is actually really cool. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And I think it was low-key because I wanted a place where I could speak, mm-hmm. you know, freely. Because I know a lot of girls our age kind of go in the same situations as don't really have the freedom to talk with, about what they want. So I was like... I want to do that. And mm-hmm. I texted her and she was like, I've been wanting to do a podcast. And that's good though, because like there's not many people like our age that have a voice for the people our age, yeah. you know? So yeah. when y'all step into the plate, I'm proud of y'all for that. No, when she texted me, I was like, yeah, I've been wanting to do that. Cause mm-hmm. I, girl, I asked you earlier in the school year, it's like, I'm busy. Oh, I swear. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're going to college together. We have and to share your also, LSU. Okay. Also, I was like, I'm done with sports. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just be sitting around the house. I know. And also, I know for me, it was like, I mean, I have a million opinions. Oh, so yeah. why not just put them <laughs> just let it So what is y'all's goal for this? Our goal is to, if our podcast can just reach one person, and they'd be like, you know, you guys tell me so much. I related to this episode. Then that's enough for us. That's yeah. enough. Because it's like, it helps me. You know, get my feelings out mm-hmm. when I want to talk about things, and it helps girls because they can relate to mm-hmm. things that I'm going through. And boys so, and yeah. guys, yeah, universal. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah, the goal is just to if it can move someone, mm-hmm. anyone, then I'm cool with it. That's good. Yeah. And you know, a lot of opinions definitely get brushed under the rug. I guess that's why our theme is just say whatever just say you want to say. Yeah. Because if you get canceled, that's okay. <laughs> We're in the early stages. That's fine. So it's more so just say what you want to say because I'm sure somebody out there agrees with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. They're just afraid to say it too. Like here today, I'm sure there are a lot of black girls that are going to tune in and be like, wow, I thought I was the only person. Girl, man. I thought, yeah. And now they can be like, wow, they relate. And people that watch our podcast, they DM us. Yeah. That's good. That and we, good. you know, we answer because we love them. We love y'all. Yeah. So, Yeah. What about you? What caused you? Because I saw your business page. Can you explain that to us? What about it? Just explain the purpose, how you started it. Okay, so going through the things that I've been through, I knew, I know now that um, helping people with their mental health and their personal development is my purpose. Like, mm. And I help not only mental health, but I help with physical health, financial health, spiritual health all around and so I actually have a community coming out soon it's called the holistic haven and it's for girls like you and guys like the listeners Mm -hmm. to come and surround themselves with like-minded people and we'll have like a monthly master class every month on a personal development topic so we may have a 
credit masterclass to help you learn how to work with your credit or you may have a a vegan masterclass to help you know how to eat healthier Mm -hmm. like we're not saying you have to be vegan but you are you vegan no oh (laughs) no but i do believe that uh health is important yeah so i eat healthy but i'm not like vegan and um so yeah, if anybody out there is interested, I encourage y'all to follow me and I will be launching it soon. And so um, I know that's my purpose because I see the result and I see the way I move people and I see the way I inspire people. And so I make sure to keep myself disciplined and keep myself consistent because I know this is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, I think that's good that you found your purpose early on. Because I know when we struggle to find our purpose, that can really affect your mental health as well. Yeah. Because it's like, what am I here for? What am I meant to do? And I always tell people, be patient because you're going to affect your mental health. And if you rush it, you might end up in the wrong purpose. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah. I think when I was trying to find like, okay, what what am I meant to do in life? This, that, and the third. I just found myself, now I'm just going through the motions of life. Because now I feel like I don't even know what I'm here for. Yeah. So it was just like, wake up, just do whatever. Just going through the motions and not really feeling and experiencing life. Because mm-hmm. it was like, what, what am I here for? Yeah. What am I meant to do? Yeah. Well, everything is with divine intention. Yeah. Like, just be patient. Definitely with divine timing. That's what yeah, you say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. know, when you text me, you're like, what was I? I'd be like, divine timing. <laughs> yes, girl. So someone, he makes everything beautiful in his time. Yeah. Someone, someone did like ask, because we put we put the polls up mm-hmm. and ask questions. So someone said we kind of touched on this a little bit. How do you deal with stereotypes but also insecurities like in yourself? I always tell people to express your insecurities. Like, if your feet are your biggest insecurities, wear sandals, <laughs> like for a day, and just don't even worry about it. Or like, uh, if your shoulders are your insecurities, wear an open shirt. Like, I always tell them to try their hardest to express it because once you take that big leap and become uncomfortable, you'll realize that it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And um, if someone is judging you, it's only because they see your confidence in you, but they don't have it in them. Like, people are a reflection of you. So, for example, if I see in you that, uh, I don't know, you want you're wearing a crop top. Mm-hmm. And I'm judging you for that. It's because I'm not confident enough to wear a crop top. Mm-hmm. I see what I don't see in myself in you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I tell people, don't really take it personal. And you are your biggest critic. So just express your insecurities. And what was the uh, second part of the question? It was about stereotypes, too. Oh, stereotypes? Forget them stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. Forget them. That's... <sighs> if you ask me to walk out right now with my biggest insecurity, I don't know if I can do that, girl. It, that's, it, that's hard. It is hard, yeah. but it is a process, and you have to be kind to yourself in the process. That's why affirmations, journaling, uh, meditation is so important because you have to stay one with yourself, and you have to be patient with yourself and just go in that process and slowly and slowly take mm-hmm. bigger and bigger steps. Man. Yeah, because I don't know if I can step out of mine right now. <laughs> if you ask me right now to say, go outside and show your biggest insecurities. <laughs> I'd be terrified. Yeah. I mean, you start by walking around the house. Yeah. Oh, girl, yeah, I do that. Nobody's going to see me in the comfort of my own home. Well, I don't know because the windows are open, but yeah, yeah. I do that. I, I 
think you could do that, huh? Girl, Girl. I don't even take one. I think that is good advice. Yeah. How do you deal with your insecurities? Like, I don't. I don't deal with them. That's that's my problem right there. I don't know. Another Um, thing is, like, whenever you're going to take a shower or a bath, mm -hmm. like, don't skip over that mirror. Look (laughs) in that mirror. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'll be popping and locking in the mirror. I'll be be having, like, a world tour. No, yeah. Okay. In that that mirror, I am Beyonce. Yeah. And this is my stage. Yes. Yeah. So, like, six songs. I think it's more so, I don't know, like, when I look in the mirror, I'm not insecure about anything. I'm like, this is, you're beautiful. But then it's like, nice but when I step bathroom. outside, people might not feel the same mm-hmm, way yeah. that you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I get it more like, well, why should you care? But it's like, because I care. I'm sorry. I, just a little. Yeah. Just a little. Well, it just requires some more inner work that you have to do. Yeah. Some more shadow work. Yeah. I, you say you meditate. I'm still so... How does that work? Yeah, for you? I'm trying. Like, I, I don't even know how to get there. into it. I get this question <laughs> a lot. I can't sit so there. I try for beginners. You can't try to fit the stereotype of meditation. Mm-hmm. Like you can't think it's gonna be all kumbaya, legs crossed, eyes closed. Like, yeah. do what works for you. <laughs> that, that's what I did. Girl, I put a pillow the in the corner crossed. and I said, <laughs> <laughs> "No, do what works for you." Like some people like. He likes to uh, lay down. Like, he doesn't cross his legs or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't, but he does it his way. He lays down. He just lays there. And, like, he lets his thoughts come to him. Mm-hmm. Or you can um, you can be doing... You can have, they have guided meditations you can listen to. Mm-hmm. And they'll guide your meditations for you. You can search them up on YouTube. Or even actively meditating. Like, walking around your community and just thinking without any distractions. That's a form of meditation. It's not always quiet. Eyes closed. That's probably what we're struggling with. Yeah, I thought trying to fit the stereotype. Yeah, I'd be, be not down. You know, I'd be not. But yeah, me and I, yeah, I thought, girl, I had to close my eyes. I was sitting in the corner and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Hey, at least we both tried it. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. we tried. Yeah. At least we tried. And it just fit more together. So, what about your relationship with God? How does that really contribute to bettering your mental health? Um, I pray a lot. Like, I, I thank God in the morning every day. When I wake up, I pray before I eat. I pray before I go to sleep. Like, I'm always praying mm-hmm. and always meditating because I believe praying is when you talk to God. Meditation is when you receive his word. Mm-hmm. So you have to be quiet and actually listen to receive mm-hmm. what he's saying. And so always just being in a state, not always because it's impossible always, but trying your hardest to be in a state of receiving. Yeah. And, like, even looking at um, signs because dreams. Uh, the way people speak to you, um, books, videos you read. You always have to look for the signs and the correlations because mm. God is very, yeah. what was the word? Help me out. Particular? Yeah, particular. Yeah. Mm. Intentional. Yeah. And so I know, so growing up, my mom was always very spiritual. She, neither of my parents were into the whole religion scene. Okay. We tried the church thing, and it did not, it didn't last very long. So then it was like, I grew up and it was like, find yourself within God. They mm-hmm. were like, you know, we're not going to commit you to do this, we're not going to commit mm-hmm. you to do that. Which was really hard, in the South especially, because yes. everybody goes to church. Absolutely. And when I was not going to church, the ridicule that I would get, 
I was like, oh, okay. I'm and then we went to cl- mass every Wednesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just yeah. like, I always wondered how that was for y'all going to the school y'all went to. So, I think there's two different perspectives because she was never Catholic, but I was Catholic growing yeah. up. So, my so. mom grew up Catholic, and so it just wasn't where her heart was. So, basically, um, I guess, for like a better term, we just don't do the whole religion thing. Mm-hmm. It's more so, okay, we believe in God, and we feel like your relationship with God is what matters. It's not these boxes that they try to put you in. That's your I am. Yeah. yeah. That's and so we, that's just how I grew up, and that's, that just wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. So then we went to a Catholic school, and a lot of people didn't even really know how in touch I was with God, because I didn't talk about it there, because it just wasn't accepted. It was mm-hmm. like, you don't go to church, you don't have a religion, you don't. Yeah. It's, it was really hard for people to just fathom the idea of, no, it's just a relationship with God, and it's just a relationship with Jesus, and that's it. There's no religion here. Mm-hmm. It's just me and my love for them, and it's just us building a relationship because that's what God asks of us to do. It's to just build our relationship. And so when I would build my relationship, that's when I felt better. That's when I could do things. That's mm-hmm. when I started getting, you know, the signs that I'll be telling you about. Mm-hmm. That's when all my prayers just come to life because if you walk around in my room in my house, it's like verses here, prayer wall here, prayers on the mirror, prayer box, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for me, just... Catholic school, it was not yeah. my scene. So I'd say I grew up Catholic, so I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to senior year. Mm-hmm. So middle school, you don't really know like what you want. You know, mm-hmm. Well, to me, I didn't know what I wanted. So I was just kind of going through the motions and everything. Towards freshman year, I really tried to you know understand the Catholic faith. And I noticed there were some things that just weren't aligning with what I believed in. So I kind of ventured off, and I didn't really go to church for a while. And I remember there was a time, well, that was kind of towards after I started going to church with Jen, where she went. Because I was like, I need to get in somebody's church. I just don't really understand the word. So that's when I started, like, not really paying attention in Mass every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one time where I tried to skip Mass. So I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. And I got caught. So I had to walk with my principal, who's, like, really strong in the Catholic faith, to our Mass. And he was, I was explaining to him, like, why I don't really, I'm not really Catholic anymore. And he sort of, like, tried to debunk everything I said with the Catholic faith. And that's something also that I was just like, yeah, this isn't really for Mm -hmm. me. So I did go through a time where I was just like, no, I'm not not believing anything, none of this. I'm not going to church. But then Jen did help me, you know, find my way back. So going through it with a Catholic school, it is hard because you can't really voice your opinion unless it's, you know, you agree with them. Mm -hmm. Or they'll be like, no, you're wrong. You... You need to fix yourself before you go to hell the seventh third. So it wasn't easy. That's why a lot of people yeah. don't really talk about and, it. And uh, going to church is a thing for me because, like, you have to be careful who you listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be careful of the pastor that you listen to because sometimes church can be uh, based on fear mm-hmm. or it can be based on empowerment. Like, your pastor will tell you, don't do this because you're going to hell. Or it can be, do this to live a more peaceful life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to be careful of who you listen to and who whose church do you go to. So we have two people. So Dr. Darius Daniels is who we listen to online. I like and him. Then, oh, you like him? Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I like him. So and then here we go to Church of the King, and so both of the people that we listen to both talk about how it's not about religion there. 
mm-hmm. and they're both they're both more so focused on the relationship with God, and you feel that there. Now, when we first started going to church with King, we were kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because when Shelby came too, we were kind of like, oh, because it's a predominantly white church. And but so, also, you have to remember, like coming from Catholic church, it's strict rules. Yeah. You sit, you kneel, you stand, yeah, you yeah. take communion, you're done, you're done. So many song selections, like. It's not this free, just praising right, yeah, God. Right. So when I was there, I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, you're eating and we're listening to prayers. Just, you know, it was like a culture shock, I guess yeah. I'd say. So that was, yeah. That was yeah, because well, at our church, it's like, <laughs> show, show me love. Because I've been treating it like it's a Maverick City concert, but I'm dancing around and stuff. So yeah. you know, but that's just, it's so freeing there. Yeah. You can feel the presence of God there because you there, it's not a box. I hate when I go to church and I feel like I'm in a box, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like you feel like people are just judging you in church because yeah. I felt that. Judging you or, you know, I just never understood why we're placing rules on relationships right. with God. Right. That's just not what he wanted. I, and then it was just like, well, if you don't go to church, how can you grow your relationship with God? Well, you know, not to put my daddy business out there, my daddy does not go to church. That's just not where he is. Right. Mm-hmm. But let me say this, him and God, tied as can be mm-hmm. it's just where you are it's about what you want to do because, and what works for you yeah because at the end of the day what did god ask of us get to know me get to know your purpose i, I have everything you need in my hands so just come to me that's all mm-hmm. he asked he didn't say you gotta do this 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 and this you gotta kneel do this you know so yeah. why do we have to teach that and then i feel like um sometimes the church can try to overstep their role Mm-hmm. And control people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now it's like, well, we want people to believe in God, but now we're pushing people away. Why are people going to church and then coming back with trauma? Something's not <laughs> right here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and I'm not even saying, like, I don't. I still do believe in some of the things that the Catholic Church teaches because that that's going to always be a part of me. It's been with me for like 10 plus years. So I'm not going to say the whole religion is, you know, not welcoming because there are all communities in the Catholic Church that mm-hmm. I was really, you know, felt safe in. But it's just, you can't, the yeah. bad and the good, yeah. you have to really see where you stand in that. So you have to be yeah. careful when it comes to spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah, because spiritual warfare mm-hmm. is really real. Yeah. But when my relationship with God is up, my mental health is a lot up. I feel like... In these recent years, I've not even just, just being happier. Like when I didn't know where I wanted to be, or like what kind of the relationship I had, it wasn't. I just felt like I was in a mellow state. Like I was just, you know, there. But I feel like I'm living, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a journey. And I know also at church they tell us, you know, lean on people. You know, lean on your your friends and family and things like that. And I have to say because I was really closed off of my mental health because it was just like. Like you said, you know, we feel like we have to be strong black women. So I was like, I have to appear strong. Mm-hmm. No one needs to know what goes on behind my closed doors. Mm-hmm. But then when I started opening it up, whether it just be a text and be like, no, I'm not feeling good today. Like, I just feel like trash. And then just describing to her how I feel. When I started leaning on my friends and family and actually giving them a chance to see how I'm feeling inside, mm-hmm. you know, that did help. Yeah. Sometimes someone would be like, boss up. You're the prettiest girl ever. Boss up. But that helped. You're it, it helped. I tried. 
So, okay. So, talking about mental health, how do you think the mental health care system, at least out here, do you think, how do you think it can, like, improve? What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> okay, so, um, I am a believer and practitioner of holistic health. Mm-hmm. So, like, I look at, holistic means looking at um, something as a whole, meaning spiritual, uh, emotional, mental, mm-hmm. physical, as one whole. So, with the mental health system, I believe they don't look at an individual as, okay, in order to have the best mental health they can, they also need to do this physically or they also need to do this spiritually because you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the medical field mm-hmm. is not a topic that, like, I'm too fond of. Yeah. So, uh, like, the medicines and stuff like that, it's not something I ever encourage. Now, I'm not telling you not to go to your doctor or something like that. But find what you can do for you in you. Like, having conversations with yourself and journaling and going outside and doing the things you can do in your home first before outsourcing and going to someone else that won't actually acknowledge the other parts of you that need to be seen in -hmm. order to have the best mental health you can. Now, there are some therapists out there that you can actually talk to and that will help you, but that's why, again, I say be careful who you listen to. I know for me, when I started therapy, I had a very specific request, which was I want my therapist to be a black woman because Mm -hmm. if I'm going to go to therapy, Mm -hmm. then I need to be with somebody that I can relate to. Right. So... When I started off in therapy, the first thing my therapist said to me, she was like, I'm not here to control you or tell you exactly what to do. She was like, I'm here to listen, and I'm here to just help you the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'm a firm believer in God, so if you don't believe in him, that's okay. But if you feel like you need to switch therapists, that's fine too. And she sat me down and she told me going to therapy doesn't make me weak. It just means that I need help. And along the way in life, you need help sometimes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you're very brave for saying that because some people can't even say that they need help. And I knew right then and there, I was like, okay, this is the therapist I need to be with. This is where I belong. And I know it's not always like that for everybody, but I do encourage people to just explore. Try out some therapists. Try Mm -hmm. to find one that matches you because I think if a lot more people did go to therapy, it would help a lot more because... Before I started therapy, I was very angry, very, very standoffish, and would shut people out. Just mm-hmm. was very snappy, rude, mm-hmm. and it was a long process. I I was started therapy when I was like a sophomore, and I didn't finish until the end of my senior year, and it was just I was just getting better and better. And there were rough days. There were days where I was like, "Am I my old self again?" But I mean, it's just work. It just Therapy is work, and I mean, I recommend it to everybody. I also do wish that it was more accessible Mm -hmm. to people with lower income, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's not fair. It's not fair that some people can't even go to therapy because they can't afford it, and then insurance also doesn't cover it, and it needs to be accessible because mental health is just as important as physical. Yeah, well, you have to, like, looking at it, okay, the medical industry is, like, a billion-dollar industry, right? Yeah. And so... It's definitely there to take some money. Yeah. I mean, patients are there, like... So, it, the it's a billion-dollar industry, 
and they have all these patients, do you think they actually have your best interest at heart? Like, come on now, you have to be very careful because see, if if they gave the cures or the uh, advice that you actually need, they would lose money because yeah. you wouldn't be sick anymore. Yeah. So it's you have to find someone with true, genuine intentions. And my, my mom's in the medical book. Mm-hmm. Talk about this all the time. She gets so frustrated because it's like the patients she has, she can't even give them the things that she wants to because you know, she could get fired. Right. You know, then that's uh, her livelihood on the line. She wants to help people. And that's, you know, people go into nursing to help people. And then they're stuck in this circle. Right. Right. They can't. You can't give them certain information. Yeah. Or you can't give them You can't give treatment. them this medicine because yeah. their insurance isn't covering mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a big topic. I think, <laughs> I think it's terrifying to say you go to the hospital so your life could be safe and your life is safe. And now for the rest of your life, you have to pay this debt. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to stay on this medicine until you die. Like. What? Yeah. You know the bill to have children is ridiculous. Like and it's just it costs so much to just. And it's be crazy. Healthy. You know that um, majority, like I don't say majority, but it's a certain percentage of Black women that are at risk when mm-hmm. giving no. birth, when giving birth in the hospital. So that's another thing. Just the whole medical industry. How do you disregard black women that? Like, we're completely disregarding that, too. Yeah. The amount of black women that go, to, you know, to get help, and then they're not believed at all. Because I know for me, when I was, you know, releasing, yeah. and I was going to a doctor's appointment every week, and I just remember going to one doctor, and she asked me, she was like, well, are you sexually active? And I said, no. And she was like, well, does your mom need to leave the room? And I said, no, I, yeah, she doesn't. They do, they I'm do. not sexually active. Mm-hmm. And... So, the lady put me down as sexually active anyway. Wow. And um, they came in and my mom, so then the nurse, the doctor had said something. My mom was like, why are you saying that? She's not sexually active. And the nurse was like, well, she put it down. I mean, the doctor was like, well, the nurse put it down here. And the nurse was like, I just assumed. Girl, what do you mean you just assumed? I told you three times that I'm not sexually yeah. active. And my mom was like, you assumed she was sexually active because she's a young black teen. And my mom was like, that's not okay. I'm not coming back here. And we left. Mm-hmm. And personally, I wish I could say I had been back to the doctor, but I haven't because it was just an endless course of nobody believing what I was going through. Yeah. So that's why we have to get back to our roots, though, like with the holistic doulas and the midwives, like us helping that's other right. black women <laughs> yeah. give birth and taking care of them, making them comfortable within the process. We do not, black, black women, in my opinion, we do not need to go to this uh, white man yeah mm-hmm. that knows nothing about our bodies and they don't try to they but don't try another to thing is right the struggle because i'm looking at going to medical school so i'm like you know just looking up the information the amount of black women that get through medical school is it's getting higher but there's all these stories about their issues in medical school and why they leave medical school and like the discrimination and all that mm-hmm. yeah because my aunt went through the same thing and it's just like I want to get in and I want to help people, but it's like, to what extent do I put myself out there to be, you know, disrespected mm-hmm. or whatever? Right. But, I mean, like, you want to help, but you, then you can get stuck in that cycle of, you know, the you medical field. about it. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. And, you know, look, 
I'm terrified, but I made the executive decision that I'm not giving birth in a hospital for any of my kids. Oh, me either. So me I'm, either. I'm scared about the pain because <laughs> I don't I don't want the epidural. I don't want any of that. I just want to do all natural water birth because mm-hmm. I just want what's best for my mm-hmm. kids. Yes. So, and plus, they be taking babies and stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm just it's just a whole like, system. With the epidural, the epidural has cocaine in it. The same, um... <laughs> not 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 like cocaine, but it has the same, the same drug, the same ingredient that mm-hmm. activates cocaine inside the epidural, and so you're numbing your body, right? Yeah. And you're numbing the systems that allow your body to give birth. The baby is numb as well. The baby don't know what the is doing either. You know what I'm saying? Like, Girl. that's why you have to have all of these nurses around you, and you have to get told when to push, and you have to because your body knows in its natural state what to do. You know. And you have to give birth laying down, like what? Yeah, you no, saw I that. Know that thing. You That's... saw that thing. You're supposed to actually give birth standing up. Yeah, your yeah. body tells you what to do. Yeah. I, I have a um a relative that just gave birth in the tub a few weeks ago, like a week or two ago, and it was beautiful. And she didn't have any midwife, any doula, no medicine. It was just she said it was just good vibes and God. I mean, I saw this thing where you eat okra, the baby will stop uh-huh. right out. Yeah. So I'll be doing that because I'm not trying to eat. <laughs> I did see that. If, the baby, if I eat okra, the baby slide out, okay, good. But I'm trying to get where y'all are at. I'm still. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's a time. decision. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely hard. And you you know me. You know I'm always looking up, like. Yeah, you be sending me TikToks. Yeah, I just, I love, girl. you know, the world of birth. I think mm-hmm. it's so beautiful and just everything that comes along with it. Yeah, I love. I just love looking into motherhood mm-hmm. and things like that because I'm like the strength that it takes. Mm-hmm. Black women are so cool. <laughs> like just so strong. Yeah, I, it's crazy how the everything we go through, the healthcare system doesn't, you know, listen to us. You know, we're disregarded when we step outside, but somehow every day we still manage to wake up and put on this good version of ourselves and get things done. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can just say that they do that, and I think that's definitely something that's instilled in us. And I know sometimes it has like its downsides, but it's mm-hmm. also a pretty beautiful thing of how strong we can yeah. be. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we definitely covered everything we need to cover today. Yeah, that was a good episode. So I'd say court dismissed. <laughs>